there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. That's what I always say. You always follow the money. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. We are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino here on Thanksgiving Eve. Big three-hour show lined up for you today. Uh, Julian Edlow on the program. We have a huge card tonight in the NBA. Brad Powers in the final regular season week of college football. He'll join us coming up in an hour. We have our buddy Paul Charchian on, talking maybe a couple of player props for tomorrow on uh, Thanksgiving Day. And then... Week 12 fantasy advice as well with Charge a little bit later on in the show. Probably the best week of the year continues now, right? We have all these college basketball tournaments going on, uh, amped up for Ohio State, Michigan, among others on Saturday, and then even before then. And then we have the games tomorrow, the three games tomorrow. And we have plenty of news in the early game as the Packers are playing at the Lions. Detroit remaining a seven and a half point favorite in this game. But yesterday on the injury report, You knew about Aaron Jones. Like, it's not looking good for him this week. But then added to that, did not practice. Luke Musgrave, key part now, rookie tight end to the offense. Um, Campbell, who is like the leader, the captain, the green dot on the defense, he did not practice. Limited yesterday. A.J. Dillon, I think he's going to be fine. Jair Alexander, as it is every single week. And now Jaden Reed, the outstanding explosive rookie, also limited. Is this not setting up for like a perfect first leg of a turkey day teaser here. Yeah. Oh, God. Can you imagine? I mean, what the public's going to do here? It's the chalkiest slate ever on Thanksgiving. You have to factor in the Black Friday game, too, as Miami's nine and a half. So uh, with all these injuries, and just when Green Bay was getting it together offensively, I know it. you're going to lose some guys, likely. So uh, uncharted territory here for the Lions. Again, they're eight and two for the first time since the early 60s. They've won seven of eight. They're huge favorites to win the division. They haven't won the division since 93. They favored at home on Thanksgiving for the first time since 2016. And the streak came to an end against Chicago. They had covered 11 in a row in the division. 
but they were fortunate to win that game. And as you pointed out, it was almost the worst bad beat of the century if uh, Hutchinson has the scoop and score. So they were horrendous in that game and still won. And a lot, a lot of it was Ibraflus and what the Bears did. So I wanted to take the points here, but I, I got to see who plays. But if all these guys are out, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust the Lions defense, go against Love, and think I'll get a good golf performance here. And you are correct. It's a great game to tease. And I see, I see points in this one, too, as Love's been coming off a 300-yard game and a good performance against the Steelers and Chargers. Yeah, offense certainly for Green Bay on the uptick. Again, it stinks that they're having these injuries now all of a sudden midweek. A uh, good tweet here from Ralph Michael since 2004 on Turkey Day. The Lions are 3-0 ATS as a favorite, 2-12 ATS as a dog. And he points out that means the favorite is on a 15-2 run ATS-wise last 17 in this Detroit Lions matchup. The first meeting did not go well. That was when LaFleur was basically crying and emotional on uh, national TV at halftime. That's a great point. I mean, this uh, changed a lot of people's minds here with Survivor, uh, how bad that first game was. It, really, yeah, it was, it a, was over in the second quarter. It, it appears to be a really bad matchup for Green Bay against this Lions team. Packers allowed 205 on the ground two weeks ago against Pittsburgh. The first time these two teams met, Gibbs and Montgomery, it was mostly Montgomery. He had 32 for a buck, 21 and three touchdowns, but they combined for 161 yards on the ground earlier this year. The way it's working right now for the Lions is that Gibbs is getting more playing time. He's getting more touches. I can't imagine, unless they go nuts again and give Montgomery the ball 32 times, yeah. but they, they had no solution for this running attack the first time they played. Yes, and I, I love the duo as well. Uh, and, and it was we talked about the camaraderie about that the two have. And, you know, hey, you had the long run. You stay in there and get the touchdown. I was watching the game. Uh, Lions fans can help me out. Do they call it, was it Thunder and Bruise? The, the duo that, or Lightning and Bruise, whatever it is, uh, the nickname that they have. But that's, if they're going to continue to run the ball like this and Green Bay doesn't have answers, and especially Goff can pick them, pick them apart. I mean, we've already seen a three-point move in the total. Uh, but you, I would think this is just enormous for Detroit and the fan base because they, they've lost 6-0 on Thanksgiving. There was a great game last year against the Bills, but, I mean, you're expected to win the division. You're going to win the division, and the fan base has got to be jacked up here. Yeah, they're going to be juiced up for sure. It's going to be nuts. They love beating Green Bay. They love pounding this team. Campbell does as well. The Lions are 11-3 and ATS in divisional games under Dan Campbell as the head coach. They've done a terrific job. Still in line for a one seed potentially here. Yep. They needed that yep. Eagles loss on Monday night. Could not get that, but still, um, this team can win. You know, th in 13 games in that range, they're so good based on the remaining games that they have. So, And we haven't even talked about the Goff now ha has kind of reverted back to the old Goff occasionally this year. Got to be concerned. Where he makes a bad pass, and you're like, uh, I thought you kind of eliminated that over the last year and a half, but he didn't. That kind of pops up once in a while. I think you can expect a bad pass maybe in an INT for Goff again in this game. Yep, I would bet that prop. And also, Green Bay has had issues on the road. They've lost four in a row on the road. The, they won week one at Chicago, and that's been it. So uh, that, that's another thing that could play in. But the, again, this is a lot, a lot of points here. Backdoor could be open. Yeah. You know, we'll get to the middle game coming up. But this is uh, these are a ton of points here that these four teams are laying here. I, well, I agree. It's the exact opposite of the Sunday. I mean, Sunday, you have 11 games where the spread's three and a half or fewer. It's tough. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's a killer for Survivor. Sunday's a tough card. I do agree. You brought this up. I agree with the move on the total here. Yes. I think we could see some some fireworks in this early game. Yeah. Maybe even look at a uh, Lions team total over here. And certainly the Bears did what they wanted. 
offensively in that game yeah. until uh, they got the stops late. But it was more of Iberflus going conservative and, and uh, sitting on the lead. And that's the first game. Game number two, as always, we get the Cowboys game hosting the Commanders. Cowboys obviously laying uh, well, 11 here at most spots total, 48.5 in that range. The Cowboys going back on Thanksgiving Day, for what it's worth, they are 1-11 and ATS last 12. Can you believe that? I, that is stunning. That was all over social media yesterday. Horrendous. Are they supposed to have a big edge and advantage here? Dolly Parton, the halftime show. Oh, boy, that's a, that's a lose some. Uh, unfortunately. I, I'd rather have her than these throwbacks to, like, Creed that we saw during yeah. the baseball. Give me Dolly. Dolly. We, She's an American institution. <laughs> we got Steve Ioki for the late game. I don't know about that one either. Uh, yeah. uh, you got to do better. Anyway, they won 12 in a row at home, though. And th- this year, they've buried teams. Beat the Jets 30-10. to Beat the Patriots 38-3. Beat the Rams 43-20. Misleading. It was some garbage points by the Rams. And they beat the Giants 49-17. So this opened 45. It's up to 49. And now uh, the spread is ticked up to 11 because of the Washington horrendous performance against the Giants. And the Cowboys have looked so good. So, number one, what howl am I going to get? The kid who looked great against Philly, the kid who's looked good at times, or, I mean, he's been schizophrenic because we've talked about all year. I mean, six turnovers in the pick six, and you lose to Tommy DeVito. That's embarrassing. But the other thing is you can't stop anything either. So I, I, Dallas might get this by themselves, no joke. How the total's so high. And if, if DeVito can throw th- for three touchdowns on you well, and move the ball like that, and, and it just ran down the numbers. Dak's been on a heater. This offense has been great. Lamb's cooking. You got Pollard going last week. Pollard could have a big game. I don't see how Washington's getting stops. Yeah, so this is the overall breakdown. Dak, last four games, he's been brilliant. 318 yards per game, 13 touchdowns, two INTs, that's it. The commanders on defense, Paul, either 30th overall in DVOA. They are absolutely dead last against the pass, 32nd overall. And get this, the Washington commanders versus wide receiver number ones, dead last in DVOA, they're averaging the wide receiver one in the matchup against Commanders defense averaging on the year 102.7 yards per game. This is since week three. Diggs and the Bills. Diggs had eight for 111 in that game. The following week, A.J. Brown had nine for 175 and two touchdowns. D.J. Moore on that Thursday night game had eight for 230 and three scores. Oh. Drake London, oh. who, who does nothing in this league. Nine for 125. They met A.J. Brown again. Hey, guys, remember the first time we played a month ago? He had nine for 175 and two scores. Why don't we have an answer for him? Uh. Oh, we're not going to? The second game, eight for 130 and two touchdowns. D.K. Metcalf had seven for 98. And Lamb has been absurd for a month. Yeah, so take Dak and then take C.D. Lamb. DraftKings has the prop up. Who's going to have most passing, passing, rushing, and receiving for the day? On Thanksgiving you have, Day. You have all those great props. That's what, so that's uh, excellent info. That is just, this is bad. Yeah. And uh, I, I wanted to make the case for the dog, but that's, man, maybe it's maybe they're down 17, though, with two minutes, and then whoops, here you go. They Howell are. takes them down, but that's. The Commanders as a road dog this year, I believe, 5-0. and oh. Okay. What do you think of the night game? How about this now from Evan Abrams? Road favorites on Thanksgiving since 2004, 24-1 and one straight up. Huh. The Niners win, the division's over. They, they went 3-0 and oh against them last year. They had no yeah. problems moving the ball. They beat them with Trey Lance in the early game. That was, what was that week two or week three? 27 7. 
They had the Purdy performance on Thursday night, one on the road, and then they did whatever they wanted and scored 41 points in the playoff game. They've had no answer for McCaffrey. They've had no answer for Purdy. Kittle has been awesome. Yep. And Geno Smith's going to play, but he's going to be compromised. You don't have Walker, a great 49er defense. Again, Chalky, Chalk City here. But I, I just don't think it's going to go well for Geno Smith and, and Peekaboo. This is a huge game for Seattle's win total. Because what you got San Francisco twice, oh. you got Dallas coming up, right? I made a nice bet on that before the season. Yeah. I, I'm already chalking it up as a loser. The Rams' loss was I, inexcusable. Yeah, I don't see them winning Terrible. three more games. So you're right, Kittle's been on fire. And guess what part of the field the Seahawks are not good at covering? Oh, no. The tight end. Oh, boy. And they are 25th overall against the pass in DVOA. They're 23rd against tight ends on the season. So, and Purdy, I, I will say it again, I disagree with the odds market. I thought about it more last night. Brock Purdy needs to be the favorite today to win the MVP. I'm not joking around. If you look at overall the numbers in totality, he has the best numbers in football by any quarterback in the entire league. Look, if for those of you watching, look at this. He's number one in, in so many categories and then he's like top five in others that matter. Quarterback rating, QBR, completion percentage, TD percentage, success rate. Yard, yard, we could sit here and do 30 minutes on this. Yep. The market is – if you put his – call him Joe Burrow or Josh Allen, he's even money to win the MVP. Paulie's going to run down last night's betting action, and we'll get into the latest rankings in college football coming up next here on VSIN. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating? Or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? It's updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin's here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check it out every game, vcin.com. All right, today's 
NBA card is absolutely loaded. Julian Edlow joins the program now. He does content at DraftKings, and he hosts the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Julian, uh, happy Thanksgiving. We appreciate the time, as always. Um, can you remember outside of an All-Star game where an NBA regular season game had an in-play total over 300 like that Pacers-Hawks game last night? <laughs> yeah, happy holidays to you guys, and happy holidays to anybody that bet the over in the Hawks-Pacers game last night because you're sitting there staring at a total that's over 250, and you don't even have to sweat it. Um, I have never seen that tick to 300 on the live total other than the All-Star games, as you mentioned. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I necessarily have anything, like, actionable off of that game last night. Just It, it just, uh, you know, brings the thought into mind that we're going to start seeing this more and more with some of these teams, the way that they're scoring this season and the way that they're not playing defense. So uh, I, we're going to see more totals in the 240s and the 250s, and I think the answer is just not to be afraid to go over as long as the spot is right and the teams are right. Interesting point, and the fact that the Pacers continue to play over no kidding, nonstop. I mean, this is the best offense in NBA history, and who knows if we're going to see 260s or 265s moving forward. But uh, nothing, no end in sight right now for the Pacers. Milwaukee's also struggled defensively. We've talked about this with you before. Celtics coming off a horrible loss. Jalen Brown's catching a lot of heat. Uh, now they lost that game as well. What do you think of the uh, uh, Celtics laying six at home in this marquee matchup? Yeah, one last thing on the Pacers, by the way. They, they're not just 12-1 and one to the over. They are going over by 17.2 points per game. Uh, nobody else is even close to that. Uh, but going to Milwaukee, when we when we talked last week, we were we were asking, hey, are, are the Bucks going to get back on track here? They were in Toronto. Giannis winds up not playing, and they still win that game going away by double digits. They haven't lost since. They beat the Hornets by 31. They beat the Mavericks, uh, and they beat the Wizards, who obviously are not very good. Not many good teams in there outside of, of Dallas but they are now on a five-game winning streak. This one, the Celtics have not been playing all that well. They're just so good that they've learned how to beat some bad teams. They beat Toronto narrowly, um, and it finally catches. They beat Memphis, a really bad Memphis team, narrowly. And then they should have beaten a Hornets team narrowly, but they come completely undone down the stretch and lose in overtime. I think now I, you always got to be a little wary. The first, uh, first game back at home off the long road trip, but I think this should be a wake-up spot for the Celtics. They have had guys bouncing in and out of the lineup throughout the whole road trip. Now they're home and healthy with a full lineup. So we got the Bucks coming in hot. The number has grown a little bit more than I would have liked. It opened four and a half. I did bet Celtics minus four and a half. Up at six, it's a, it's a little bit tougher. But this should be a get-right spot for the Celtics. And whenever the spread gets a little bit too high for me on a team like Boston, who's seemingly always favored... I do look to the team total when they play at home. Their offense is fantastic at home. And like you mentioned, Paulie, this Milwaukee defense, not very good, giving up a lot of points. So if the uh, number is too rich for you in terms of laying the points, I would look to play the Celtics team total over in this one. Okay. How's their props again? Yeah, so we talked about it last week, yep. and it was an interesting game because the Celtics wound up sitting poor Zingis and Brown in that game. And Hauser got his first start of the season. So the player prop that we went over uh, six and a half points on Monday that easily cashed opened 12 and a half that game with him starting. And he had one of his worst games of the season. 
He then went over again in the following game, easily coming off the bench. Then when Boston had guys out last game, Hauser started again and played awful. So here's his numbers here. He started twice. In the games he started, he's getting 36 minutes per game, getting all the run he can handle. But he's 3 of 17 from downtown for just 5.5 points per game. I don't know if it's coincidence. He doesn't like starting. He can't handle all the minutes. In the nine games he's come off the bench this month, he's averaging 12.3 points per game in just over 21 minutes, shooting a combined 33 of 55 from three in those games. He's gone over his point prop in November uh, in eight of his nine games off the bench. So fully loaded Celtics team tonight. Milwaukee team that doesn't defend as well. This should be a spot six and a half, seven and a half, eight and a half, where you can get Hauser off the bench and where he's going to play well. How concerned are you with these teams now on back-to-back situations, which hasn't gone well lately? Yeah, I would be pretty concerned. And guess who we have on back-to-backs today? We have the Hawks and Pacers who uh, just ran a marathon last night, it seems like. So I'm very, I'm very interested to see how some of these teams do. Orlando got a big win last night in the in-season tournament. Now they're hosting Denver, uh, a Denver team. Jokic ejected in his last game, maybe a little angry there. He's only laying four points. Um, you have Cleveland hosting Miami. They just went to overtime with Philly, who is also now in Minnesota. These sound like really tough spots. Uh, and the Pacers, by the way, laying three and a half to a Raptors team. Hawks laying four to the Nets. Uh, so the totals as well, Pacers, 237 and a half. I'm not saying I'm brave enough to go under on a Pacers game, but like what kind of energy are they going to have on the second night of the back-to-back after that game, playing a Toronto team that is pretty below average offensively um, and not bad defensively. So I, I'm curious to see how a lot of these teams do on the back-to-backs because they seem like pretty tough spots. Follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Julian Ed, uh, Edloa with DraftKings. His podcast is called the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. Uh, I'll give you one here, Julian. Houston has been a great story uh, covering a lot of games. They are 7-3 and three as a dog so far, ATS on the year. But however... You flip that now tonight because they're taking on a really bad Grizzlies team, and the Rockets are bumped up to uh, as high as five and a half now in the market. Is that too many for this Houston team to be laying? Yeah, Houston's been a, a great story. This team, you look at them as a favorite. It's only been twice. They're they're one zero and one against the spread. So while they've thrived in the underdog role, it's not like they've been poor as a favorite. They're just not favored much. So. You look at Memphis, who had a bad roster to begin with. You got John Morant out. You got Adams out. Marcus Smart gets hurt. Um, they have Luke Kennard. They they have so many guys out right now that I think this is a good spot for Houston. So I I was with you. I was I was scrolling through the games and I was kind of surprised. Houston laying five and a half. Who's Houston going to lay five and a half against? But you look at how they've played, and you look uh, they're at home, and you look at what Memphis has right now. Memphis is coming off giving the Celtics all they can handle in their last game, and they did just get a win over the Spurs. But I think at some point they're, they're going to go back to that team that they were in the early going, at least until they start getting some bodies back. So I, I don't mind laying it with Houston favorite in this spot. Any other props that you're looking to attack on today's card? The props on today's one are, are a little tougher because, like we mentioned, we have all those back-to-backs. So, uh, you know, we're taking, taking our time opening some of them because we got to see – who plays one of the guys and he's, he's not on the board yet, but 
uh, Bilal Kulabale, one of the top 10 picks for uh, Washington, he's been doing very well to his point prop. He, he started off the season not playing much, didn't get into, it took him uh, five, six games to get into double figures. And ever since then, he has scored in double figures in six of his last seven. Uh, and let's, let's see, eight of his last 10, it looks like. And his props have been pretty modest uh, in the Hauser range, like seven and a half. It's picked up to eight and a half in some. Uh, you can get the alternate point props at uh, plus money for, for 10 plus points. So he's a guy that I'm, I'm looking at on, the, on this slate. They're going up against the Hornets. That should be a game where he should uh, be able to get his. And to be honest, a lot of these guys where you want to play a prop on them and you wake up in the morning and that prop isn't on the board, that probably means you're targeting a good player because – the books are still trying to figure out where that guy should be because he's easing his way into the rotation and they can't set the prop too high. So guys like that are, are who I want to be betting. Great job, sir. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for a few minutes. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys, and we'll talk soon. You got it. I thought Darvin Ham had an interesting comment last night. Lakers won again, one by 30. They are now, they will host a quarterfinal game in the tournament. If they win, they come out here. Darvin Ham's, I wish he, he, I saw this earlier or, or he said it earlier. He said it's a huge motivation for our guys. They don't like money. They love money. And the team that wins that, each get the, each player gets $500,000. Yeah, that's right. And the Lakers are 4-0 in the playing tournament now, yeah. in the group. Yeah. So that is uh, – and even if you lose, I think you get $200,000. Well, have, have you noticed how competitive these games are when they've played the in-season yeah. tournaments? Yeah. You can just – there's a different vibe to it, man. Yeah. I don't care what you make. It's, I can win half a million dollars. I'm sure. doing my job anyways. That's you right, know, but, exactly. Yeah. So, so the these Lakers, games in yeah. December and November, they actually mean something uh-huh. now, a little bit yeah. more to us. So, all right, follow the money here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Up next, we'll look at the best and worst ATS teams in the NFL and college football. Seven teams are still coming in at a 73% clip. Details on that next here on Visa. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome into Follow the Money here on VSIN. This show is presented by DraftKings. And to begin this hour, we'll hit college football as professional sports better Brad Powers joins the program. He's on X, always a good follow there at Brad Powers 7. The website is Brad Powers. Sports.com. Brad, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for the time. How are you? Excellent, guys. Thanks as always for having me. Yep. Tons of big games coming up this entire week. Let's begin with the big one, though, on Saturday morning as uh, Michigan is hosting Ohio State. Overall, now you've had a few days to think about the matchup now that it's game week. There's one shop in town that's been showing and offering Michigan minus three now for a, a, a full day, maybe a little bit longer than that. It's at the South Point. Most other spots are three and a half. What have you done here with the game so far? And what do you think about Harbaugh not being on the sidelines on Saturday? Yeah, so I'm always talking about great CLV bets. I actually bet Michigan last week on a look ahead five and a half. So terrible bet by me in that regard. Uh, power ratings, even after downgrading Michigan, I down, I was aggressive. I, I downgraded them two points after last week. I, I didn't mm. like what I saw offensively, to say the least. I mean, J.J. McCarthy doesn't look 100%. The tackles don't look 100%. The, the game plan and play calling looks too conservative for me. 
Uh, but with that being said, I mean, my power rings are still showing value on Michigan. Haven't bet it yet this week. Uh, I'll probably stand pat with the terrible bet that I've already made. But, I mean, my goodness, three is three, pretty cheap as far as I'm concerned uh, because I think Michigan for most of the year has been the better team and sitting here at home. How about the under? Because you haven't been uh, – uh, you've been concerned with McCord's play all year. You love the under in Ohio State, Penn State, no problem. Yep. And then Michigan has gone conservative here the last couple of weeks. And what you said last week as well about, hey, I got to see what happens now with more in the staff if it's a close game and not having Harbaugh. Yeah, if you had to bet side or total, under for me at the current number would be my preference. Now, I will caveat by saying this has been a higher scoring series because yes. a lot of years it, it has said under. And the game's gone over by 20, 30 points. With that being said, I think a lot of stars align for this being the year for it to go under and be like a, you know, a classic Woody versus Bo 20 to 17 type of game. Michigan banged up on offense, more conservative on offense. Obviously, defense is still there, even without, you know, Harbaugh on the sidelines. I haven't seen much, you know, downgrade in the last couple of games for them on that side of the ball. Ohio State does not have the explosive offense that they have in the past. Now, getting Henderson healthy has helped the run game for them, but I still have concerns about Kyle McCord. And obviously, the main reason for, for, for liking the under would be the improvements of Ohio State's defense. I think it is legit, and I don't think Michigan's offense will have the same success that they've had the last couple of years. So, yeah, under would be the, the, the main preference here, side or total. All right, I'm with you on that one. No doubt about it. Can't wait to watch that one. How about Friday now? We can, we can stretch out here and get comfortable. This Oregon power rating is nuts. Oregon State was just favored against Washington. Oregon is a two-touchdown favorite against the Beavers. It, the look-ahead line, if it's Oregon-Washington rematch out here, Oregon is seven and a half in some spots. Before the Travis injury, you had Oregon a seven-point favorite against Florida State. So what, this is a lot of points. They are had this circled. They're disgusted what happened last year. They blew the game. And as I understand it, in the weight room and in the facilities, this game of the fourth quarter has been on TV nonstop with the Ducks. What do you think? Yeah, I like the the, the Ducks here. I'll lay the 13 and a half. Uh, I know it seems rich and uh... – you know, if you're, you're surprised by Oregon's power rating, you shouldn't be. This is a team that's number one in uh, yards per play margin, number one in the country in yards per game margin, number one in the country in points per game margin. And last I checked, the strength of schedule is actually a little bit stronger than Michigan and Georgia, and they're number one in those three categories as far as margin. So, um, yeah, I'm laying it here with the 13 and a half. You know, short week for, for Oregon State off an all-out 60-minute effort against Washington. Obviously, Oregon had a tomato can, and they could have been peeking ahead to this one. So, yeah, ducks for me. Yeah. I'm going to tie this into something I asked you last week as well because I think Lanning has it in his DNA to possibly run it up here if he can. And don't forget, they might be trying to win Bo Nix, the Heisman Trophy. He's going to have yep. two more chances. I mean, if they win this game, yeah. then they'll have the Pac-12 championship game. I mean, he throws for six touchdowns last week, and he goes from the odds-on favorite to now a dog to, to Daniels. But I, I asked you that same question last week, and you had a great answer by saying, watch out for LSU and what they might do trying to get Daniels the Heisman Trophy. Well, now this week, Brad, they're laying up to, what, I, what am I looking at here, 11, maybe even some 11 and a halves out there? against Texas A&M. Do you see that same scenario possibly unfolding between the Tigers here and the Aggies? Yeah, anytime you're betting a favorite, double-digit favorite, what's the motivation for margin? LSU has it here. And on top of it, not only getting Daniels, 
stats. Keep in mind, he's not going to play next week. He's not going to have that extra data point that a Bo Nix will. So this is his last chance to, to really impress the voters. But on top of it, I mean, you got an A&M team likely playing a third-string quarterback, first career road start. A&M has lost nine consecutive road games, two road games. Mm. That's not a good look. And then obviously an interim coach. So LSU in a blowout for me. It's one of my favorite bets of the week. All right. Good luck there. And you've been, uh, your best bets have been good. Okay. So Florida State and Florida, you're the perfect guy to ask this. What's the difference between the downgrade with Travis to Rodemaker? We also don't have Mertz starting for Florida as well. What, what, take us through this with the backup quarterback and what do you expect out of Florida State? Yeah, downgraded Florida State six points uh, for Travis. Might be a little conservative. Some people said that it should be a little bit more, but I'd go six points. Ron Maker's been in the program four years. Uh, this has been his best year statistically. He hasn't looked apart in prior years, but I mean, look, he, he they're playing an FCS opponent. I get it, but they are down 13 to nothing and there is some sense of urgency there. So I didn't mind what I saw from him last week. Um, as far as the Mertz downgrade, about three points. Maybe that's aggressive, but Mertz has been pretty consistent. Brown came in, gave him a different look as far as Missouri's defense. I probably wasn't <laughs> expecting quarterback run game, uh, so he's pretty mobile. Uh, so what do you do with this game? I got to be honest with you. I thought Circuit did a really good job with the opener. We haven't seen much line movement. I think it opened seven. I, I get taking Florida at seven, but other than that, I haven't seen much movement on side or total here, so I thought they did a good job pricing it. Uh, if I had to bet it, under with a couple backup quarterbacks, conservative game plan. What do you make Florida State Louisville now? Yeah, I am uh, more in the Florida State, like under a touchdown now. I think I told you guys a couple weeks ago it was seven. I actually yeah. misspoke. It was in the nine and a half range is where I had it. But not now we're talking four, five, four and a half, five-ish. Okay. All right. So last night, Brad, in the uh, committee show, they had Washington leap Florida State now for number four because the Huskies have been – number five and behind the Seminoles the entire time until last night. What does your power rating say today about Washington against Florida State without Travis? Oh, uh, (laughs) I think you still got to, I mean, Florida State goes unbeaten. I mean, that will be two of the more impressive wins. They're at Florida and they beat a Louisville team. You got to put them in, Uh, you know, but, but would I have them over Washington? No, I mean, Washington runs the table. Washington is in obviously. So, uh, you know, I understand it, but obviously Ohio State, one of those Ohio State and Michigan's coming out of there. So, I mean, if either team runs the table, they're in. I mean, I'm beating conference champs. I mean, come on, you can't leave somebody out like that just because of an injury. And again, like I mentioned, if Rod Rodermaker's going to have to play well for him to win these next two games. Yes, totally agree. Uh, Paulie brought that up in some spots. Look ahead number, Pac-12 title game. Mm-hmm. Washington and Oregon Ducks favored on the board by seven and a half. You just talked about how their power rating is insane, um, and it should be. What would you make that? First of all, are you going to go to the game out here in Las Vegas next Friday, and what would you make that number right now? Yeah, I'm in the seven range. Okay. Uh, it sounds about right uh, to me. Uh, seven and a half, you know, it sounds, oh, take the hook with Washington. Nah, I wouldn't be there. But se- I've been kind of in that seven range for a while now. Look, you got to be somewhat impressed with Washington last week. That was tough conditions. And they go out on the road and beat Oregon State. But I do think they're a little bit fraudulent. I mean, seven straight wins by 10 points or less. Uh, I actually like Washington State this week against them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, seven seems right to, to me. And that's where I've been for a while. Will I go to the game? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, it's a final hurrah for the Pac-12. I'm a college football historical guy, so maybe I should go. <laughs> yeah, well, also, this is what you do and you love the sport. Are you going to really enjoy this week? knowing that college football as we know it is now done, 
after this week and, and just go mm. rapid fire? Okay, how do you feel about next? It all, all happens next year now, 12-team playoff. You, you like it? You know what? That's a good question. No one's asked that for me. I've been like so consumed by the season and haven't had a great season. So uh, I just like to win. I could care less really about the historical context at this point. I just want to go out in the regular season with a bang here. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. It is kind of done as we know it. Uh, I always now I'm more better than fan. I've probably I, I've always been fan first, but now I'm better first. So uh-huh. I'm actually at least for our first couple of years, I, let's see how they price stuff. I mean, I, I'm curious to see if there's some extra value here. Okay. And as, what do you think as fan though? Because now you have the big 12 is going to a bigger big 12, Texas, Oklahoma, go to the sec and the PAC 12 disappears. And we have all these teams moving to the big 10. What, what, what do I think of, what do I think of it overall? Yeah, fan, or fan. Yeah. It's fan. Yeah. I don't like it. I mean, come on. A lot of these historic rivalries are going by the wayside. Uh, you know, I, I, on that, with that regard, though, I mean, we're going to get some good games in conference. I mean, especially the Big Ten when, when you're getting like Oregon-Ohio State matchups in their conference games. I think it'll be fun for a while. But, I mean, getting rid of those regional rivalries, I mean, that, that's what kind of made the sport the, what it was. So that, and that in that regard, it's sad. For those who don't know, and Brad tweets this out every like summer and off season, you take stadium tours, you go on vacation, and you've done a ton of those. I bet that it hurts you personally because when you go to these like little towns across the country for these Division One stadiums, you can probably get a sense of what it means to those communities and those little areas. And you're like, this sucks. Now it's not going to be the same. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially look who got left out. I mean, the small, you know, yeah. the non-money, the TV revenue schools like Washington State and Oregon State. So, yeah, in that regard, it does suck. Okay, here's what I want to run by Brad next. Iowa plays Nebraska this weekend. Let's pre- <laughs> let's pretend the halftime score is nothing-nothing. What would Brad make the second half total in the game, or how would he approach trying to make a bet at that point? We'll ask him coming up next. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating? Or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates, young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. 
Welcome aboard Total Wine, Spirits, Beer, and more. Lowest prices for over 30 years. Find what you love, love what you find. Please drink responsibly. Thank you, Total Wine. Must be 21, please. We continue talking college football here as professional sports better Brad Powers joins the program. His website is bradpowersports.com. He's on X at Brad Power 7. I have a bunch of questions about this uh, Iowa-Nebraska game. First off, your opinion here is Nebraska is now favored by two. Uh, I'm looking at the board right now, two and a half out there as well. And the total is down to as low as 25 and a half. Do you like anything on the total? And what's your opinion on the side? Yeah, I can't bet the total. My numbers every week say bet Iowa over and you just can't get there. I mean, I did the first time. Uh, what was it? The, uh, then the Minnesota game, I got involved. And then after that, after I lost that one, I was like, ah, I, I threw my hands in the air. Uh, I do like the side. I am part of the Nebraska money here. Bet him as a dog. Oh. Anything under three, I like him here. Like the spot, they're going for ball eligibility. I like a lot of the five-win teams going for ball eligibility. We saw one last night. Eastern Michigan went outright. Team going for ball eligibility. I think it means something to Nebraska. They haven't been ball eligible for, what, six straight years now. Iowa's got the Big Ten championship game on deck. They've been fortunate. Nebraska's been unfortunate. I tweeted this out earlier in the week. 8-32 and 32 in the last 40 games decided by one possession for Nebraska. Oh. That cannot continue moving forward. I like what I saw with Purdy last week as the quarterback. Gave him some quarterback run game that I haven't seen from Nebraska's offense this year. So I like Nebraska here. Maybe even, believe it or not, get some margin. By margin, I mean, they, I wouldn't be surprised they won by more than a touchdown here. Okay, all right. We'll get your thoughts on other five-win teams coming up here in a second. But I asked you late yesterday. Okay, here's what I'm going to throw at you. It's, it's very feasible where this game could be scoreless at halftime. If that's the case now, and the total is as low as 25 and a half, what would you make the second half total? How would you be looking to make a bet on that number? Yeah, so I, I'm going to surprise. I'll make it 10 and a half still because uh, hear me out. Uh, <laughs> obviously, we got a competitive point spread here. Uh, Nebraska's favored yeah, okay. by two. At that point, 30 minutes in the game, you got a tie ball game. I think the chances of overtime are, you know, more significant than, than than your average game. So you also got to factor in that because you're obviously going to get scoring in overtime. So I, w- I honestly would make it 10 and a half because also when, when teams in that last possession type thing, they get a little desperate. I was been known to, to, to score, uh, you know, late uh, if they, they need a defensive turnover or something like that. Uh, so they're throwing more uh, in the late game situation. So I'd make it 10 and a half. Okay, fair I enough. know a lot of people bet under that. Okay, here, here's the bowl game we need. We need Iowa versus LSU. Oh, jeez. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. We have yeah, to have that game. Interesting to say the least. If yeah. Jaden Daniels plays, I, I hear you on that one. Would you I think get... you're going to get LSU Notre Dame. Which oh, will really? Be, uh... Oh, that, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah, I think that's going to be a good one for the media. Would you get creative here and get nuts? I mean, like first score of the game, safety is 40 to 1. <laughs> it's Iowa. I mean, you, you can go under 21 yeah. and a half plus 190. I mean, think about this. You can do six, seven, ten-point teasers. You can tease the total down to 16 and a half. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hear you on that. I know a guy, Fezzik, got, uh, he teased the Iowa game. when He teased Rutgers at plus eight. How'd that work out for him? Don't tease college football. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's tempting with the lowest totals in college football history to, tease, to do the long teasers, tease up through three and seven. Yeah. There's yeah. just way too much variance. And again, I would not be surprised Nebraska gets some margin here. Oh, my God. That is awesome. 40 to 1, the first score. Uh, your best bet, again, is San Jose State. And they're trying to uh, ruin the, the parade here for UNLV. Tell us why. The game out here Saturday. Not even on television. Swing and miss by the conference. <laughs> yeah, to say the least there. Uh, 
Yeah, I like San Jose State all right. I mean, let's just look at the basic statistical profile. Yards per play margin, more than a half yard better than UNLV on a yards per play margin. Despite the fact you look at strength of schedule this time of year, you don't get much disparity because you got conference rivals. Most of their schedules are made up of playing the same opponents. And yet one of the biggest strength of schedule disparities this week is San Jose State versus UNLV. About 50 spots difference if you're staggering strength of schedule ratings. So an average team power rating, uh, on average, about five points better. And San Jose State's got much better stats. The record doesn't indicate it, but, I mean, look who they played. Oregon State, USC. They played Boise on the road. UNLV didn't play Boise on the road. They played a healthy Air Force team. UNLV didn't play a healthy Air Force team. So I like San Jose State here. And just ask yourself this, in a close game, I'm taking the the the, the, four, the fifth year starting quarterback, Codero, best player in the Mountain West, over a freshman. Okay, very good. Uh, a couple things here, and this is going to maybe make you cry, but it's unfortunate. We have <laughs> you have the Air Force total over. You know, Paul Stone gave yep. it out. I bet it. Other people have it. Now that he gave out eight and a half, he has eight and a half. You have eight. Is it? Would this be your worst push slash beat ever of a win total? They started eight and zero. Oh. They they go to Boise. They're six and a half point favorites. They lost back to back games, laying twenty points. The only one, I, you know, we talked about this during the commercial. So yeah, I, I, it is the worst beat. But I was thinking, I had a couple of games uh, win totals that were canceled that I won by three or four games canceled because they only played eleven games because of a hurricane. Oh. Uh, so you just get the refund. <laughs> Those are some bad beats there. But uh, oh. as far as a, a team playing all twelve games. Uh, this is the worst one. I mean, lose outright is a significant favorite, not once, but twice. And hell, even last week, they're up 17 against UNLV. And I told you guys yeah. this, how often the service Academy teams blow 17 point leads when they get sit on the football. Uh, I just not going to win either. I would lean Boise. I, I think Boise yeah. can beat them up uh, pretty, pretty badly this week. Boise fired their coach. They still might make the conference title game. Think about that. Full marks to you. You said early on, pump the brakes on Colorado. They started 3-0. and They're going to finish 1-8. and So if the 5.5s and the 4.5s, remember, it, it, was, it captivated the nation. The ratings were through the roof, and people were talking national title and all this. There was actually a, a, a tweet, who's favored this Colorado team or that LSU team? Uh, incredible. But I don't think Sanders plays. Your thoughts on Utah laying a ton of points and the future for Colorado is looks like they're going to go 4-8. and yeah, one take I happened to get right. But, yeah, I, I remember it because you asked me, what are you doing with Colorado's power rating? I'm like, ah, four or five points. And you're like, what? Other people are saying 10. And I'm like, nah, I just – I don't see yeah. it yet. So uh, – and I took some lumps, as I should have, early on. But I had – you know, in the back of my mind, I – you know, obviously the Pac-12 very tough. And it's really uh, – with a team that's got depth issues, it did take its toll. Uh, as, as far as this week, man, I wanted to bet Utah really badly. Someone beat me to the punch with that 18 at Circa. But, uh, I mean, then it just got pricey. Are you kidding me? I, I mean, hell, uh, Oregon was laying this type of number. And I told you how much I think of Oregon compared to its four lost Utah team. So 22 is just expensive. It does tell me that Sanders not going to play. Uh, the or, yeah. or is extremely doubtful to play. Uh, there so and I, I also think it's a decent game to in game live you'll know right away if Colorado's going to show up and don't be afraid to lay 28 uh even if Utah scores early uh because we saw what happened last week against Washington State it'll be a way the white flag situation as far as the future recruiting class is ranked number 63 got a lot of work to do last I checked signing days less than a month away oh. I don't think they have the funds 
uh, that, that other programs have for NIL to, to buy a lot of players and flip a lot of people. They'll flip a few, but not enough to really make a dent here. And uh, I, I don't know. The transfer portal, yeah, worked out for them in certain cases. But overall, you are not getting high-quality offensive and defensive linemen in the portal and that's exactly what Colorado needs right now. They need an instant fix at the line of scrimmage, and I don't think they're getting it. So I'm not going to be buying them like everybody else will okay. be next year when Sanders returns and Travis Hunter returns and all that. I still think it's a six-win team at best. Totally fair. You re- you mentioned Nebraska earlier, motivation, trying to get bowl eligible. Any other five-win teams out there that stick out to you that you're like, yeah, you know what, I think I want a piece of them this week? Yep, Central Michigan would be one. Uh, they're going for ball eligibility. You just saw what uh, Eastern did last night. And yep. then also, and you got Jason Candle as a big favorite with the MAC championship game on deck. I think Central's live. TCU going for ball eligibility. I don't think Dylan Gabriel plays for Oklahoma. So I think TCU, another double-digit underdog that's live. Great job, sir. Enjoy the week. Uh, we we love this uh, whole season talking to you, and I uh, can't wait to discuss championship Saturday with you next week. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, Brad. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, yes, sir. Well good. done. The, uh, the the scenario you threw at him happened. The Iowa Northwestern was scoreless at halftime, and I think they put up a 13-and-a-half, 10-7 final. But that's... that's they, they, This can happen in every Iowa game. Yes, right. you got to take the 40-to-1. You have to. It's Iowa. Absolutely, that could be 2 nothing to start. First score, sure. safety. Good call, Luke. How, how about this? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess you got to play under 21-and-a-half, 2-to-1. I'll give you one. Will the only score in the Iowa-Nebraska game be a two-point conversion? <laughs> Dude, it's a... Go to overtime. Oh, my God. Now their team scores. Oh, my God. Eventually, they go to two-point conversions. I you are going safety there. Oh. No, no, no. That's it. Well, they played a 6-4 game a couple they of years did. ago. They, they were did. 6-3. What the hell you, was You it? imagine we get six, two nothing triple overtime. No, like eight six. overtimes, and there's one conversion. That's it. Give me the odds on that, Paul. Nine and t- <laughs> <laughs> Is that up anywhere? Yeah. Nine and two to the under. And we've got totals in the in the twenties with this with these guys. Would you do that? My God! Would you do a ten point teaser with them to go, go over 16, sixteen and a half? Yeah, yeah. You would. Yeah, because I get the ten seven, I win. The ten seven, I 10, win. Ten six, you lose. That can <laughs> happen. Extra point. Oh, thirteen three can happen. Oh God! They're in the conference title game, the Big Ten West. How did you allow this to happen? Friday How morning. How did you allow this? Good ratings, I think, probably in that game. On Friday I'll be, morning, oh, you have to watch. I think it. it'll be good. Yes. A special Thanksgiving edition of Do You Concur is up next. Uh, What will sound like a hot take or controversy is something I now believe to be true. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email, email recapping all the best bets from every host and guest. Unlimited access to the vcin.com slash picks page. Sort by sport, matchup, date, and more. Check the leaderboard. Who has the hot hand? Pro picks, betting splits, hippo videos. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get our Black Friday special. Access to everything we do through May 1st for only $60. Get up there. Join the team. vcin.com slash subscribe. Uh, excellent job by everyone involved pointing out the Iowa. You know, last week started 2 nothing. They played a 6-4 game. They also played a game where there was three safeties in South Dakota State as well. I'll so, believe any of it. Yeah, any, it's, it's Iowa. So anything, you know, again, first score of the game, safety is 40-1, to Iowa-Nebraska. Okay. <laughs> Fantasy football Hall of Famer Paul Charchian, <clears throat> excuse me, joins the program now. Guillotineleagues.com is the website. 
All of his uh, weekly rankings are always available for free at guillotineleagues.com. Happy Thanksgiving, Charge. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm trying, not, I'm trying to figure out what a hippo video is. No, oh, you got to see these things. Oh, yeah. Cincinnati hippo Zoo. Video. Yeah. Oh, Charge. Yeah, frenzy. You, go on Instagram. You're going to be lost for an hour. They just they toss up watermelons, full-grown watermelons or pumpkins in these hippos, and they just yeah. and it's like a tic-tac, just yeah. two bites and they're gone. Gar, 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 gar. Yeah, check yeah, it out. Hippos kill. They kill like oh, lots. they're super deadly. They kill like a hundred people a year. <laughs> nobody nobody thinks of the hippo yeah, as sure. being just like a carnivorous killer, sure. but they are. They can yeah. scoop too. Those guys can oh, move. And, in the water, no yeah. less. You look at that thing, go, that thing can't even float, but it turns out yeah. they are smooth in the water. Do not mess with the hippo. No, right. underrated sneaky speed underrated. there from the hippo for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, yeah okay, Thanksgiving slate. A lot of big point spreads in these games. From a fantasy like perspective, it. player pop, uh, perspective, Aaron Jones not looking good for him tomorrow to go in this game against the Lions. What do you want to do with uh, A.J. Dillon, backup running back for the, for the Packers? Yeah, I'm uh, nursing a groin injury of his own, but expected to start here. Uh, this is a sneaky bad spot. By the way, I like the unders in all three games, but that's that's not the point. Uh, Detroit ranks number two in run defense by pro football focus. Don't like that for Dylan. Lions allowing just 62 rushing yards per game. That's fourth best, giving up just three and a half yards per carry. That's third best. You know, no back is top 67 rushing yards against Detroit. And that 67 rushing yard mark, by the way, was Austin Eckler. I mean, genetically, A.J. Dillon is closer to an acorn than he is Austin Eckler. So the 67 rushing yards is not even going to be close. And here's the clincher. Dillon's already started three full games without Aaron Jones. He's never scored. He's never topped 55 yards. And he's averaged a lousy 3.8 yards per carry in those starting games. The dude's just not very good. And he's not starter quality material in the NFL. Okay. How about the middle game? Uh, I mean, this could go, Dak, mm. Dak could go nuts here, obviously, against his commander's defense. C.D. Lamb, my God, what a run he's on. On yeah. the flip side, what do you want to do with the commander's Sam Howell banged up last week? What do you want to do here with the commander's offense? Yeah, you know, now Howell has been, has been fantastic really all year. And, you know, and if you were a fantasy player with Howell, you've had house money all season long. Yep. Yeah, that all ends here. Um, you know, <laughs> after a particularly good month, Howell's going to, you know, took a step backwards last week. Against the Giants, go figure. I really thought Washington was going to cruise to a victory there. They'd been playing so many close games and just finding ways to lose. I, man, I'm, I really thought that was going to go better than it did. On paper, this looks like the toughest matchup of Howell's career. Dallas got destroyed by the Niners earlier this year. But other than that game, Dallas is allowing 168 passing yards per game and one touchdown. <clears throat> That's it. Cowboys rank number two in passing yards, number six in coverage by Pro Football Focus. And here's poor Sam Howell. He's already absorbed a league-high 51 sacks spanning a fifth of a mile in yardage. And here comes Dallas. It's a bad, bad matchup. I, I can't, we can't advocate starting Sam Howell here for the first times all year. He's way down at quarterback number 19 for me this week. All right. Wow. Ro road favorites on Thanksgiving, 24 and one straight up since 2004. Wow. wow. Yeah. That is dominating. The wow. 49. I think Kittle has a big game. I think Purdy has a big game. We're not going to have Walker. We could have a compromised Geno Smith. At mm -hmm. times, you've had a lot of success throwing on the San Francisco defense. But if it's a banged up Geno, what do you think of this matchup? All parties involved. 
Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you on that. That passing game is San Francisco is a better run defense than pass defense. But again, the hamstrung Geno, you certainly can't bet anything involving Geno on a positive side of Geno. It might not even, might not even last. We could see Drew Locke. We could see Drew Locke on performance, not injury as well, by the way. You know, Geno's been so inconsistent yeah. this year that his spot is not safe. Now, Kenneth Walker's not going to play in this game. It's going to be Seattle rookie Zach Charbonnet. Now, Sharbs was already getting a lot of work. He actually led the backfield in snaps for four weeks coming into this game because Walker had been dealing with injuries and his, his efficacy had dropped off a lot. Now, with Walker out last week, Charbonnet saw a career-high 15 carries and probably did nothing with them, tallying 47 scoreless yards. This is a far tougher matchup than last week. This is San Francisco. And over the last four games, San Francisco's only allowed one running back to hit the, the meager total of 40 rushing yards against them, and that's over a month of play. Again, Charbonnet could catch, but the Niners are great there too. No running back is top 30 receiving yards since week five, so I'm, I'm, I'm really down on this, this Seattle offense in general, in totality, and Charbonnet, I think, is going to suffer in this game too. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Fantasy Football Hall of Famer Paul Charchi, and the website is guillotineleagues.com. All of his player rankings for every week up there available for free. Uh, I want to run this scenario by you. I want you to grade my fantasy move, and then I'll ask you about <laughs> the prospects right. for this guy. I'm in a two, this is crazy. I'm in a two quarterback, two tight end dynasty league. Oof. The, okay. guy, the guy I'm playing this week has a very good team. He also has Mark Andrews. I had I was third in the pecking order in the waiver wire. There's no fab here. Um, I I used it last night on Isaiah Likely. So I yeah, want you to, I want you to grade that move from me and then Likely's prospects in this game and then also moving forward. Well, okay. First of all, I love that you blocked your opponent. That was great. And Isaiah Likely never should have made it to the third spot in the waiver priority. He should have been taken with the first spot in the waiver priority. In a league that requires two tight ends, you have a starter for the rest of the year in Isaiah Likely. I mean, that was that was a great move, and the rest of your league was asleep at the wheel. Or at least the two guys (laughs) in front of you were asleep at the wheel. Mark Andrews leaves behind seven targets per game. Most of those seven should go to Isaiah Likely, who has the athleticism to run those Andrews routes. Most tight ends do not, especially backups. Likely does. Now, Likely started two games last year for Mark Andrews. Let me tell you what happened in those two games. One of them, he was targeted 13 times, piled up eight catches for 103 yards. And in the other one, he scored a touchdown. He'll face off against the Chargers. That's the team that's allowed the third most tight end receptions, the second most yards to tight ends, and has allowed at least 60 yards to the position in five straight games. Isaiah likely, absolutely startable this week, and he's going to be, he is looking at a potentially very nice game for your team, Mitch. Uh, Is CJ Stroud carrying people here? And will this continue? This is, this is, because you're the Hall of Famer. I don't, I don't know, but his, his numbers every week. Throwing for 350. What if you have him in fantasy? What you're doing? Oh, he's been great. And, uh, yeah, oh, and, yeah. And so is Singletary and, and Brown, and, and also uh, Tank Bell. But what did you think? He had three interceptions last week. But does this continue this run that he's on? Yeah, three interceptions. By the way, I think the first time in his life at any level, three interception game. Uh, but, but and before I break down this particular matchup against Jacksonville, let's just let's talk betting for just a second on this. So Stroud, you know, he's already the the rookie of the year thing's already over, right? Yeah, There's not yeah. a betting opportunity there. MVP, one of the qualifiers for MVP is your team's got to be in a really good spot for the playoffs. 
Houston's one win out of the one seed in the AFC. Yeah. Nobody seems to be talking about this. There you go. So not only is Houston going to very, I don't want to say likely, but has a great chance to win their division, they could be the one seed or the two seed very easily. C.J. Stroud right now is plus 1,800 to win MVP, and everybody ahead of him has got a, a murkier path to, uh, to the MVP, I think, than Stroud does. That's such a great story. I think the, the people are missing a plus an 18 to one shot here on Stroud. That's very realistic. So I'd move on that for this week. Stroud goes up against Jacksonville, uh, faced him in, in week three, put up almost 300 yards and two touchdowns. Only Kenny Pickett has failed to throw a touchdown against the Jaguars. And the Jaguars have seen so many bad passers. They've only seen three good passers all season. Josh Allen, Brock Purdy, Patrick Mahomes. Now, if you think Stroud is a good passer, those guys, and he's not Allen or Mahomes yet, but those guys average 320 yards and two and a half touchdowns per game. So like C.J. Stroud a lot here, and I like him at plus 1,800 for MVP. Excellent as always. Mm-hmm. We have about 45 seconds here. What do you do tomorrow? How do you approach it? What are your Thanksgiving traditions? Uh, traditions? Well, in my household, the one tradition that you can bank on every week is that Thanksgiving is over when Uncle Gary's had enough to drink that he puts the yams in his pants. Everyone? It's happening every single time, huh? Every year? Every year. Every, every year. year. Huh? Yep, that's how you know it's time to go home. <laughs> yeah, time to call an Uber, buddy. We'll see you next yep. year. Would you yep. use the Vikings in Survivor? No. Sneaky, very hard matchup. Bears defense playing so much better than people realize. Number one defense against the run over the last five weeks. You're the best. Happy Thanksgiving, pal. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. All charge All right, thank you. GuillotineLeagues.com. Have a great day tomorrow. Have a great weekend. We're back on Monday, taking a couple of days off here. Good luck betting as well. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.